All right, welcome everybody to uh, my podcast, Losing Your Religion and Finding Your Faith. I have a real special uh, guest and co-host with me. Her name is Natasha. Uh, a little bit about her, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but just a quick little background again, uh, this podcast is all about just losing and shedding the things that uh, have been conditioned for us to believe, um, conditioned for us to, to basically act and behave. We're usually told what to do and usually when it comes to even relationships we're told how our relationships are supposed to function who we're supposed to be with uh, and this whole podcast is about shedding all of that and ultimately being authentic to what you really want and desire in your life and in life I feel that many people want to be in relationships but we're living in a day and age where uh, we're struggling there's a lot of people struggling I know married people that are struggling in their relationships should I be in should I be out I know married people that want to get divorced but because of their religion they do not or and it's not just their religion maybe things that their parents have told them anyways we can get into that and we will get into all of that um, but my guest and co-host should be a frequent um, contributor to this podcast is Natasha and she is um, a sexuality expert well yeah you could say that okay. so I'm in a PhD program right now in mind-body medicine and so I chose to um, do my dissertation on um, sexuality spirituality and and how actually that relates to women's empowerment which is what we're seeing a lot of right now yeah but we definitely hear I mean it's Lizzo is Beyonce <laughs> and though because of that it's actually made relationships um, more challenging for mm -hmm. men that are used to women not being so powerful or so vocal mm -hmm. about what they want so um, yeah, we're gonna explore all of that. Um, as I mentioned, um, I'm in my mid-30s right now. I was a former pastor uh, for 12 years. I was a pastor and the le denominational leader in the largest denomination in the United States. And for Christianity, one of the two, to actually the two tools that God uses to make the world a better place and to spread the gospel message is the family of God, so it's the church, and it's the family of the believer, so his or her household. And for me, I did the the unforbidden thing which was I divorced both and I stepped away from the church I also um, ended my marriage and so because of that I've been not necessarily struggling because I've actually been enjoying this new freedom that I have to explore what's real and what's best for me uh, but when it comes to relationships I need some guidance <laughs> and so I want to talk about this with Natasha um, wrestle and talk through the things that I know that the Bible teaches about relationships but then also I'm open to learning um, if there's other things that we can learn um, and so that's why I got the expert here Natasha mm -hmm. to talk about these things um, so um, for me when I was coming up in Christianity and I was a pastor I taught lots of sermons about what to make what makes a marriage work and in Christianity you have the egalitarian view where men and women um, have really no distinctions they're basically one in the same and that a woman's role is also like a man's role but that's obviously a small percentage because the majority of the Bible teaches more complementarian view where a woman is there to complement the husband and God is the head of Christ as Christ is the head of man and man is the head of a woman uh, so with that being said a woman's role is to just submit to the man's leadership um, that's an idea that's not just exclusive to the church. Uh, you find that idea and that um, expression of those roles even outside of the church, right, Natasha? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And so because of that, have you had conversations with people and just a struggle with how to have relationships nowadays? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to tease out, really, mm. because what you're talking about, as you're talking, I'm listening, I'm realizing um, with the gender roles, a lot of it is subconscious programming. You know, when before, and so this is the mind, body, medicine, science, right? I'm also a, a clinical hypnotherapist, so I'm working a lot with the subconscious mind. Um, you, up until age eight or nine, you're a sponge. You just soak up everything around you. And that could be religion, that could be your parents and the way that they interact, how the males and females in your life interact, and those males and females could be influenced by the church as well, or something else. And so um, teasing out where it actually comes from, um, you know, I'm not, I'm sure religion is a big part of it, but I think there's a big um, uh, marriage between religion and, and patriarchy, you know, and, and so I don't, know nearly as much about religion as you do clearly but from my studies in spirituality in the PhD level I've read some um, scholarly articles on spirituality the essence of spirituality across religions right and one of the things that I've uncovered is that the early roots of every religion is that yin and yang like the equality because if you think about masculine feminine you know like uh, yeah the yin and the yang it has to be in balance and then somehow it it kind of diverted into patriarchy because it benefited the political motivations of the time when that religion was really you know cropping up so this is one of those concepts so if we look at it not as like you know, men trying, patriarchy is not like men trying to control or dominate women, but um, in war, women have always been like a, you know, if you wanna, you wanna take over the country, you rape the women and, you know, and, and that's, they've been a commodity of, of war. And so I think a lot of that started to shape religion, which then shapes our gender roles, which then, you know, we might reject some of our gender roles and now we live in a time where it's, really okay to be transgender and non-binary and all these wonderful things and the I think the ultimate truth is you don't have to be anything like if you like your um, you know gender roles if you like to be very masculine or you like to be very feminine that's great like maybe you saw that growing up um, if you like to be sort of non-binary and not even claim a gender like that's great but that yin and that yang, it's still complementarity. Like you're probably gonna need to find your complementary match. Uh -huh. So if you are very feminine, then you probably want the complement is a very masculine partner. Yeah. Um, if you're more in the middle, probably your complement is somebody also more in the middle where you can fit your, you know, pieces together. So I think as we're starting to try to figure out how to do relationships outside of those gender role boxes uh -huh. and that subconscious programming it's about um, seeing that person as a soul uh -huh. outside of their gender uh -huh. or their gender roles or you know I think just like loving them loving them for whoever they are and then knowing that they might not be the match for you um, but you can still love them as they find maybe a better match. And it's not about a goal. Like there's not a, like marriage and 
patriarchy, there's a goal. Like, mm-hmm. we have marriage in our society originally, I think, because women were considered property back yeah. then. And so you married her so that she could be claimed, and then mm-hmm. you just needed to feed her, and, and then she did all the unpaid labor in the home, <laughs> yeah, right? That's and right. Yeah, and then, but then at, at a certain point it evolved where marriage, legal marriage, started to protect women because now, you know, women are working in the home and, and men, you know, however many years ago, tended to be more of the providers working outside of the home. And in the case of a divorce, she ought to get half of that money that was made together jointly as she's taking care of all the domestic tasks or the majority of them and he's taking care of, he's going out to get the money and bring in the resources. So that sort of protected women. But now we're at a point where actually women tend to be um, more college educated than men for whatever reason there's more women going to college and so women are actually um, starting to bridge the wage gap and starting to be there's more I think actually the last time I saw statistics that most households now it's not uncommon to have the women the woman be the breadwinner yeah the breadwinner higher education yeah. yeah and so now you can see that legal marriage paradigm not really helping her anymore because there's also been studies done that say that women are still in charge of the uh, emotional labor in the domestic, the managerial tasks, okay, yeah. in the household. Yeah. Not more so than the men. Like even if the men tend to help out, women tend to take that on. And, and, it's, and she's, it's not like he's making her do it, but she's socialized to take that on. So she's sort of doing it automatically without mm-hmm. even thinking about it and then totally overwhelmed. Yeah. you know with all of that stuff because if you go to a job there's actually a manager and that's their job is mm-hmm. just to manage but and then they have the people doing you know whatever else but in, the home. but in a home you have perhaps the 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 male and we're talking heterosexual relationships mm-hmm. right now just for the simplicity of it but I mean it gets it can you know it can, yeah. it can get more complex but um, the male going out and earning money and then she's going out and earning money and then coming home and she's doing 75% of the work at home and he's doing 25% of the work at home and now they get divorced and the money still gets split in half. Uh (laughs) It doesn't seem as fair and I think a lot of women are starting to realize that and not finding marriage as a super attractive option anymore. Yeah. However, um, people, I mean, some people are more monogamous and some people are more polyamorous and um, it's again where knowing yourself and where are you and where is your match right so yeah but that's that's the big thing knowing uh-huh. yourself um, yeah. you said knowing yourself and then that's what I feel is one of the big challenges though is that very few people actually know themselves yeah because uh, let's say for instance a woman I shouldn't really speak on behalf of a woman but I've been told <laughs> <laughs> from women thank you for qualifying that <laughs> is that um, they've given themselves to somebody else and uh-huh. his his desires, his dreams, uh-huh. um, and so they never really took the time to figure out who uh-huh. I actually am. Uh-huh. And then now, say somebody like me, now uh-huh. I'm meeting somebody, a uh-huh. woman who hasn't taken the time to actually know who she is. Uh-huh. Right? How can I just accept somebody for who they are uh-huh. if they don't even know who they are? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So therefore, as yeah. a man, sometimes the tendency is, okay, well here, just follow me, and yeah. I'll take us somewhere. Yeah. So that's destined to fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so this so this is what, what one of the things I want to talk about. Yeah. I work with seniors on a day to day basis on uh-huh. a regular nine to five, uh-huh. and one of the greatest stories that I hear mm-hmm. often, um, let's say for instance, it's in our, our memory care um, section where mm-hmm. a husband who has been married to his wife for sixty plus years mm-hmm. 
and he loves her to death and mm-hmm. he feels so guilty because she needs to be in memory care but he does not want to let her go mm-hmm. i can look on from the outside and be like wow that marriage has worked because mm-hmm. look he's they've been together for almost 70 years mm-hmm. and i can talk about over and over that that mm-hmm. particular world war ii generation that they're committed to the end mm-hmm. and it's easy to look, look at them and be like okay that works mm-hmm. and then you look at our generation where it's actually a fulfillment of, for me, with the biblical background that I have, First Timothy chapter four, where it says in these last days, people will leave the faith, guilty of that. People will be um, given to other teachings, mm-hmm. guilty of that. Mm-hmm. And they, the next thing it says that they will um, forbid to get married. So mm-hmm. they will delay in marriage or mm-hmm. actually choose not to get married at all. Mm-hmm. So. It's not my subconscious, but it's something that I still wrestle, not not wrestle with, but Mm -hmm. it's just one of those voices that constantly comes to my head. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, Victor, you know how important um, your faith is, and you know how important relationships are, Mm -hmm. and you've left your faith, and you've left these relationships, Mm -hmm. and the relationships aren't going to last 70-something years like these other men. So, Mm -hmm. and then you also mentioned that there is no goal. So how how do we know it's not going to work when previous generations have shown us Hey, we made it work, son. Follow well, our way. yeah, because things are different. So previous generations had a lot of social pressure. To, mm-hmm. I mean, it was scandalous to get a divorce. Oh yeah, it still is in some ways. Yeah, at least where I came out of. Yeah, I'm still, still to this day, scrutinized and judged yeah. because I'm not married to the so, wife of my youth. Yeah. yeah. So that social pressure can be enough to keep couples together, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I think if you spend 70 years with somebody, you're probably going to either hate them or be pretty fond of them. <laughs> so it's, it's really like one or the other. <laughs> is that in our community, we have two master, we have two bedrooms, uh-huh. but they're basically master bedrooms uh-huh. because at this age, they don't even sleep together yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're making it work. They're yeah. committed. That's probably good. There's a little mystery in the relationship now. They <laughs> needed that. They need a little mystery. Um, but so there's no, there's a social pressure. But then, you know, if you're, and then think about that, that, um, that World War II generation, like you're saying, mm-hmm. it's it's very much like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh, like, yeah. like, you know, my grandma, like she used to take the little bits of soap from all the soap that you couldn't use anymore and mm-hmm. then she'd smash them all together to make a new bar of yeah. soap. You yeah. know, like the, it was just hard living. And yeah. so like, it's, you wouldn't leave a, a marriage because you're like, oh, I just not sexually fulfilled or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, um, you know, they, they don't really support my dreams or you, yeah. you're, you're not going to leave a marriage for those reasons back then. You're mm-hmm. going to, you're going to make it work. You're going to sac- self-sacrifice. You're going to sacrifice your own, some of the things that you had hoped for probably for your life for this partnership. Yeah. And I'm not placing a judgment on that. That's a choice that everybody can make even now. Mm-hmm. Like you can choose to say, you know what? I really want to be married. It's really important to me that I'm married one person. I stay married my whole life. And you could do that, but know that there's going to be, there are going to be sacrifices. It's not going to be easy. And is that really, is that goal like really what you're here to do? Is that your life purpose? Yeah. So that's what I do wonder because you said that part of what's going on now globally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that you can engage in relationships with no goal. Mm-hmm. For me, if I paraphrase you well, correctly. Well, I have to clarify, but okay, keep, yeah, yeah, keep go going. Ahead. Mm-hmm. So for me, as a visionary Capricorn, like mm-hmm. I, I can't just do things aimlessly. Mm-hmm. It has to have a point. It has to have a purpose in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And if it doesn't have a purpose, then I just won't engage. Mm-hmm. And the moment I find out there's no longer serves me anymore or there's mm-hmm. no longer a purpose in this yeah. that's going to benefit me, 
I'm out. Yeah. So. Well, there's got to be a goal, but more more so like not having an expectation, like okay. an inflexible expectation. So okay. what I'm saying is that you, you're not loving somebody conditionally. Mm-hmm. Like you're loving them unconditionally. Got it. You know, so that's what I mean by not having a goal. But yeah, absolutely. Like a goal, as we know the word goal, mm-hmm. that's what's actually going to keep a relationship together. So what is the goal then? What should be the goal? Well, it's different for everybody. Like some people, they want to have a family. And I, I know plenty of women that are my age and they have not had babies yet. And they're, their, their window is closing, right? And and there's and I'm saying you could be a single mom. It's easy enough. I'm doing it. It's not. I don't think. I don't recommend it. Um, but it's, it can be done. But they say no. I don't want that. I don't want. I want a family. Like I want a good dad. I want a hands-on dad. And I and I'll take my chances and maybe lose a chance of having a biological child until I have that. You know. So that's a choice. Uh, for me. I wanted to be a mother like I wanted to have my own child and so that was my priority not having like I didn't you know that that for me needed to happen mm-hmm. like I wasn't gonna wait for the ultimate like you know match or whatever else mm-hmm. um, so it, everybody's goal is different or maybe you have a business together or you do real estate together or you you know yeah you have like a, a property you have some kind of common goal and I think that's those are the relationships that seem to work best is that you want the same things out of life you like to enjoy the same things you like if you have some person that's like really focused on work and really wants to um, create like a nest egg or or a legacy and then one person that just wants to have fun it's not it's not really gonna work unless one person's like doing all the work and happy to have the other one take along Um, but I think the the bottom line is Yes, we don't have a model for this new relationship, but mm-hmm. is there a model? Like, cause it's all different. It's like yeah. letting people break outside of the box. And like you said, knowing themselves and defining for themselves what would be their ideal relationship. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully finding that other person that it matches as closely as possible. Yeah. So in putting the sneak preview out for this uh, <laughs> video, uh-huh. um, I had a number of people contact me uh-huh. and they were just like, so why do you think relationships don't last? And it's like it's kind of like how some people say, "Hey, how are you doing?" And then you can say whatever, and then they just talk about how they're doing. Oh, yeah. And so like, <laughs> I've got a lot of opinions on yeah. why people think relationships last and don't last. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most common consensus, which I tend to lean towards, is just shared values. That's usually mm-hmm. what keeps a relationship there. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, um, we have a a goal is to, I don't know, start a business together, right? Mm -hmm. And the values are those core characteristics that, like the convictions that drive that goal, Mm -hmm. you know, and they Mm -hmm. drive you towards that. Um, What happens when those values begin to change within the individual? Um, Because for instance, that's my story. I mean, when I was was a 18, 19 year old kid um, that met my ex-wife, the things that were driving me Mm -hmm. no longer drive me anymore. Hmm. Um, so then she's in this situation where she's with a man now who isn't who he used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, in her mind, that's like, oh, he's bad now because he's mm-hmm. not, he didn't, he didn't, he changed, you know, mm-hmm. and he changed mm-hmm. in a negative way because he's not, the, our values are now different. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when those values begin to change? And is it, at that point, do you still toughen it up like a World War II vet or that, you know, that generation? Yeah. Like, I don't care, he's not the same person anymore, but I'm going to stick this out. What do you do when the values begin to change? Well, that's, again, it's like a, it's a personal choice. And, you know, I've, I've been a licensed marriage and family therapist for uh, 
18 years, I think now, or, or, or I've been a marriage and family therapist for about, I, I can't do the math, but some, <laughs> it seems like a heck of a it's long time. Okay. <laughs> I've talked to thousands and thousands of people about relationships of all ages, of all socioeconomic backgrounds, of all races, of you know, immigrant families, like in other languages, um, people that grew up here. And it's just, it's a little bit different for everyone. But what I do know about humans is, yeah, we grow and we change and we evolve. It's our drive, like the cell at our basic level is always for growth and change. And we need diversity, you know, to be healthy in our, in our physical body and, and our cellular makeup and all the bacteria or whatever else. And, and it's that that's true for life too, I believe. And so you're going to grow. And if your partner is not going to grow with you, you're going to grow apart. And I see a lot of couples that have been together for many years and they're, you know, quote unquote, have a successful relationship. And so what I was going to say before is like, you have to look at how you define successful. Yeah. Being married for seven years isn't necessarily a definition of a successful relationship that's just one definition mm -hmm. you know so that's a quantitative definition we need to look at the qualitative definition yeah. how happy and fulfilled and and did they you know do they feel like they lived a life that they yeah. wanted to live and so um, yeah it's just it's a personal it's a personal choice and and I I don't know like you're talking about your value shifting I feel like my values have pretty much been steady but I've changed for sure in other ways but if 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 my and that was one of the reasons my divorce happened is I realized we had just had different values we, d we had different levels of integrity and that be I had committed and I was ready to go for the long haul but I couldn't I couldn't handle the differences in integrity anymore it was it was turning me into a, a person just being a accomplice that I I didn't like I didn't like myself at all and I had to end that to save myself and so it's it's different for everybody. It's a personal choice, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So you didn't like the person that you were becoming mm -hmm. or that you were at that time. So therefore, you weren't happy, right? Mm -hmm. um, I remember going through the struggles of my marriage, and I remember going to different pastors at that time. And the camp or the community that I was a part of, the main goal, talking about goals and values, was holiness. Mm -hmm. Again, the things that matter most to God are the mission and um, the family. So. At the end of the day, I would share with them, hey, I'm not happy, I'm going through this. Well, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. The gospel, the mission is still happening, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. strap up, soldier, <laughs> you know, and do this job. That's literally it. The mindset, too, yeah. that was always taught to me is um, the role that a husband has is mm -hmm. the same role that Jesus Christ has for the church. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus Christ died for the church. So, yeah, you're not happy, but who's happy when they're dying? You know, die for your bride and do this. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about before. Um, with how do we you know fall in chain like how yeah. do, how is marriage perceived mm -hmm. through men and through women you know yeah, and yeah. how we're socialized to look at marriage and why is it a ball and chain because if you're dying for your, your <laughs> wife true. it really truly is yeah. I mean however with that being said mm -hmm. like when you experience those times of of just infatuation and mm -hmm. love like mm -hmm. you want to do you want to yeah. die gladly mm -hmm. you know and that's mm -hmm. also the the thought behind it is 
it was love that drew Jesus to go to the cross. You know, mm -hmm. he loves you so much that he's willing to die. Mm -hmm. But there's an aspect of it too where it's no longer uh, um, like an emotion and a passion that's driving it, mm -hmm. and it's just duty. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it got to for me. Yeah. Where the emotions were gone, and this was just duty. Yeah, I think from a, from a, the spiritual rather than religious perspective, mm -hmm. it's it was a mismatch. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe that there are some long-term couples that they've been married for decades and decades mm -hmm. that really truly are soulmates. Yeah. Like, they just happen to be lucky enough to meet each other when they were really young, and they're best friends and partners in life, and they are still happy. Mm -hmm you know, all the way to the end. But I, I do think that's rare that 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 actually happens. And so I think a lot of people are, yeah, they're, they're sacrificing, but I don't think it needs to be a sacrifice. And that's, yeah. you know, I go back again to like taking the time to know yourself and to really know your match and to like know that you're lining up on all these levels. Like uh -huh. there's the, you know, there's the emotional, there's the intellectual, there's the spiritual, there's the sexual, there's the, physical there's the you know the biological like there's just so many different ways that you can align and you want to hit ideally like all of those things or at least most of them most of them right yeah. um or what happens if you don't then you're not happy well i mean you or could what? you could be happy because not all relationships are here to um to, to be the end game like yeah. they're you were saying when we were speaking earlier that um some things can only happen in relationship. Yes. Like, like if you, so even like, uh, this is coming from my professional experience right now, but even if you have gone through like a relationship trauma, right, and now you cannot get into another relationship because you really are wounded and you have some healing to do, maybe you go into some therapy or get a coach or whatever else, um, there's only so far you can go with that healing until you get into another relationship. Mm -hmm. There's only so much you can do on your own and then after that, you have to be, you have to practice, again, those skills in relationship. And we are relational beings. A baby will, you know, die after a few months if it doesn't get touched. Yeah. Or maybe it's weeks, I don't mm -hmm. know. But. Yeah, yeah, and, and even I'm, former, I'm a former cop, and I remember the worst form of punishment that we could do to any of the inmates that's legally lawful mm -hmm. was to isolate that individual, yeah. you know, and just mm -hmm. give them 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. um, we need that human interaction, that human touch, mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, that, that socialization. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, though, um, like I'm in a place right now, I don't feel the need to mm -hmm. be like in a relationship mm -hmm. like, there's aspects of a relationship that yeah I would miss like man, mm -hmm. I miss I know because I was married for so long and just known long-term relationships like mm -hmm. I miss coming home to somebody you know you mm -hmm. miss that sort of mm -hmm. companionship that partner uh, but I don't feel like I need a relationship mm -hmm. now there's other aspect of me where I'm thinking is this healthy for a long term you know like is like <laughs> it's safer this way yeah I always say like I'm in a relationship with peace yeah and but I'm open to a threesome you know what I'm saying like <laughs> you can come join us yeah. and enjoy this relationship but she's not going nowhere peace yeah. isn't going anywhere yeah. so um like how part of my concern mm -hmm. is that I get so comfortable you know like mm -hmm. just me and peace me and peace me and peace mm -hmm. but I know there's another aspect like I said growth that I'm missing out on yeah because that and not necessarily hard times in a relationship but I can't even practice certain things because mm -hmm. I'm not in a relationship mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so um and I'm definitely not somebody who's just going to jump into a relationship now. Yeah. So where where do you how do you navigate that little tension that that you feel at times? Well, because 
peace is wonderful, but at a certain point when you've had lots of peace, it's going to get boring. <laughs> so you're going to like, then uh, the, your urge for peace, like you yeah. might be in like neutral zone right now, but uh, your urge for peace is not going to be, it's like you take it for granted now because you've uh, had it for it. so long. So then there's going to be, sense. then you're like willing to kind of like open it up to, you know, even like a risk or mm-hmm. something that might not go well or whatever else. Like I, after my divorce, I did not date or have sex with anyone for a year because I did not, the divorce was so gnarly that I couldn't even tolerate any little bit of anything, <laughs> like know. no nonsense. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I just, I peace. Yeah. Yeah. Peace, and then at a certain sure. point, then you're like, okay, I've had lots of peace. Like now, <laughs> now let's see what happens, you know, yeah. but you have to, then, yeah. Then the healing starts for me. Then my healing started in relationship again, Got you it. know? And so, um, yeah, we're, we, everything happens through relationship, even business. If we're talking about a business sense, you know, this, you get business, you network, what is networking? It's, mm-hmm. it's building relationships. relationships. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you can't, just be on your own and and now like in, in our American culture and I realize this so much because I'm, I'm heading to the Bahamas in a couple of days and I just got back from the Bahamas a small island you know two months ago or so and and it was so sad to come back here because being a small family island it just operated like more collectivistically and I got used to that I just like I felt part of something a little bit more there even than I do here in this place I've lived in for almost 20 years wow. and so coming back it, it felt like I never thought of myself as like a lonely person I don't feel lonely but when I got back I was like so quiet like, it's just <laughs> like yeah. I'm just alone like I, yeah. I talk to people all day long and I meet with people but I don't have people passing through my kitchen or like walking down the street and being like, hey, or just seeing the same. It's yeah. just different. It's just a different way of interacting. And, and so I realized in our American culture, that's what we've gotten used to. We have all of our conveniences. We can outsource. Like when I was there, we didn't have a car. So that's partly of how we were able to interact with so many people because we needed to like get rides and ask, you know, for rides and things like this. And the day that I was flying out, like it was a holiday. So there were like no taxis, nobody was working. Like, so to get to the airport, that was a challenge. I had to fall back on my relationships, you know? Um, and yeah, it's, it's coming back here. We have, we can pay for anything. We can outsource anything. We can, we have our TV. We have all these modern. Be independent. Yeah, we can totally be independent. Mm-hmm. Like even independent woman. Like yeah. oh, she's an independent woman, but she's exhausted. <laughs> like she can be independent, but she's exhausted trying to be independent. Mm-hmm. So you start to realize that yes, you can do it. Yes, you're there's peace, mm-hmm. but is it fun? Is it really fulfilling? I'm happy. At the end of the day, I mean, you can be happy. <laughs> yeah, you can be happy. I don't have to deal with stress. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, I mean like, no, I mean um, I'm not and I'm not saying you in particular. Yeah, yeah, I'm no, just no, in I'm general, just, the yeah. the general you. So. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I mean it's but again, this is like your personal choice yeah. and like your assessment. Are mm-hmm. you what do you want out of life? Do you mm-hmm. want the peace and you want to just have everything functioning and or do you want, you know, more like energy around or yeah. relationship or yeah, and so yeah. I do think about things like that often. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back again to my programming, the teachings of the Bible, mm-hmm. um, when God made Adam, he made him first, mm-hmm. okay? That's, yeah, that's <laughs> okay, what we'll, we'll talk about I'm just later. telling you what the Bible said. I didn't write it. 
Uh, the Bible says that God made Adam, and uh -huh. then his his thought immediately in the end, what it says after that is that it's not good for him to be alone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. um, so therefore he made a woman mm -hmm. out of um, Adam, mm -hmm. the rib and all mm -hmm. of that, and then he made someone a companion, mm -hmm. a helpmate. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, so some of of what I think again is I've, I've, I'm shedding that old way of thinking. Mm -hmm. I don't need someone in my life for the terms of help, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but that doesn't mean necessarily that I don't need somebody just for a relationship. Well, that's the place that we're all getting to because again, there's more gender equality now. Yeah. So we don't need each other in the same ways. Mm -hmm. We now we more need each other for like that that human connection yeah. not so much because this has to get done or so and so exactly. needs to have the baby and the other person brings the money and mm -hmm. it's not it's different that's that's why we're experiencing this big shift and everybody's confused mm -hmm. because they don't have to stay in those gender roles anymore but 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 there's something familiar and like comfortable about it too yeah. like if that's what you saw your parents do like that's going to naturally be more attractive to you that's the other thing i realized being on on the island it's a fishing, there's a lot of boats and fishing. I grew up in um, northern Wisconsin with a lot of lakes and big fishing culture. My brothers are fishermen. I didn't fish, but it was, I felt like I was at home in some ways because it just reminded me of, you know, my childhood. Yeah. And it felt comfortable. And, and so, and then, you know, it, it, there's little pieces that you, you're not even aware of, little things that you're not even aware like you're attracted to mm -hmm. until you have a, no, a new perspective, uh -huh. you know? And it doesn't mean that you have to fully accept that that whole gender role that maybe your parents yeah. were in or whoever your caretakers were, but you, there's little pieces of it that might still be, that you might like to do. Uh -huh. So, um, again, you're, you still keep going back to what you might like to do, what uh -huh. your role is uh -huh. and what works for you. Uh -huh. um, so therefore, you should know yourself. Uh -huh. um, is there anything that we can learn, for instance, I'm a Capricorn, mm -hmm. um, and you are Taurus. Taurus. Is there anything that we can learn um, from our? That's the sun sign, correct? Mm -hmm. From our sun sign that can help us in terms of our relationships. That can help us learn about ourselves, mm -hmm. so that then we can be in a relationship and have the and get the most out of the relationship that's fulfilling to both people. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Like the you know knowing your sun sign, your rising sign, your moon sign, all that stuff. It. It, and, and you want to go to either a really good astrologer or um, a really good program to, because a lot of people are like, I don't believe in astrology, but that's because they're reading the little newspaper and magazine. A lot of people just, just, just categorize you, oh, she's a weirdo and this and that. Okay, just with that. Yeah. But I remember, so my background again, I remember uh, there's the Bible acknowledges um, astrology. It does, mm -hmm. acknowledges it. However, it says that God's wisdom is better than that. That's the whole story of Daniel, mm -hmm. um, even in the book of Isaiah, when people had strayed away from God and they were trying to figure out their life, how to mm -hmm. enhance their life apart from God. They went to um, basically to the stars and they looked and, and tried to find guidance. Even the, the wise men that found Jesus, um, they were astrologers. That's mm -hmm. how they found him. They, mm -hmm. they looked at the stars. Mm -hmm. So the Bible doesn't reject it, but it just says that God's wisdom is better. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. That there's all kinds of, you can read the daily horoscope on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. um, and much of it is fluff, mm -hmm. like to mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah it's almost no different time. than a fortune cookie, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you think that there's a higher understanding of that or a bit more 
um, intuitive understanding, like a more precise or just people yeah. who are more gifted at it? I mean, I don't see like astrology and God as mutually exclusive because mm -hmm. astrology is really the study of archetypes and patterns. You know, when the stars were, the last time the stars were in this alignment, this happened. So now that's the only reason it's predictive because astrologers are like, okay, this happened, you know, however many years ago. And so now in, in this current context, we, we know that hit, that pattern is going to repeat itself. That's the same science that I'm using as a marriage and family therapist and being trained in Bowen Family Systems Theory. We look at three or four generations of the family and we map out who had what diseases, who had um, you know what careers we look at every aspect of the family and once you map it all out you see the patterns repeating through the generations and what you do is you look at the dysfunctional patterns and then you bring that awareness to change it now would we say that looking at somebody's um, pattern of heart disease is not of God like it doesn't that that's what I mean it doesn't it's not mutually in my mind it's not mutually exclusive uh -huh. you know it's a science it's a it's not an, a hard science this astrology but it's a it's a mathematical science okay so uh the the biblical terminology for that is a generational curse or you call them basically dysfunctions of mm -hmm. previous generations well it could be like cancer you know okay. so you're saying like cancer would be a generational curse it can be okay it, well according to the teachings of the bible mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't necessarily agree with that but yeah. <laughs> um well i mean yeah. we i mean that's I think that's going to have to be re-examined for even people that are devout Bible readers because now what we know about epigenetics and you know yeah. genes that we inherit from the family and the lifestyle changes that we can make to change them off mm -hmm. but you know even looking at epigenetics and how our, our DNA can change based on our lifestyle yeah. it's like relationships yeah you have this old relationship paradigm but depending on the lifestyle you live now or want to live you can change that and have a completely you can rewire your subconscious so it's, mind and it's interesting that you say that you also sent me um, a, a post of a leading mm -hmm. um, Alyssa Oster Alyssa Oster yeah. yeah so I've personally hey, have thought <laughs> I personally have thought that the change is happening in my life and in the lives of millions, if not billions of others, mm -hmm. is part of something that is globally happening. Like oh, yeah. There's a, a rise in consciousness, a rise mm -hmm. in awareness that I'm just reacting to. Something within me is being pulled and drawn towards that. Yeah. Um, so therefore, is there, kind of how does that affect my relationships that I'm having? Mm -hmm. Because um, is it just destined? you know, for these changes to happen mm -hmm. and and then for me to go through failed relationships um, for a beneficial purpose, you know, mm -hmm. like, because it's, no, it's not really failure at all if you're growing mm -hmm. from it, if she's growing, if mm -hmm. I'm growing, if ultimately she's ending up where she should be and I'm ending up where I'm, mm -hmm. should, where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I say all that because I, I feel like there's this, that I, I feel aware of something globally happening. I feel drawn and pulled towards yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, again, is and how does that affect relationships and how can you go into relationships knowing that there's something bigger happening at the same time well you know at my heart I'm a scientist so I look at everything I look at astrology I look at epigenetics I look at um, health I look at um, I look at I gather as much information as I can so I think astrology is one of those places that I gather from and it's um, you know if the moon creates the waves and the tide mm -hmm. obviously 
the celestial bodies have impact on us, yeah. right? I, I mean, always said that before without your background. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. So, <laughs> I am not an astrologer. I am a hobbyist. Mm -hmm. I am not trained professionally in astrology, but I'm fast. I've been fascinated with it my whole life. In fact, that's how I got into psychology is by reading, starting with astrology and reading like horoscopes and just being really fascinated by that. Now, for your viewers, I want to direct them to Alyssa Ostrander. She's Astrology for Liberation, on, which I love that name, on Instagram. And if you read her posts and you'll see how it matches to what you're feeling, like you're saying, in your relationships, in your life, you will start to believe in astrology. Yeah. And she offers very, like, very good, very precise, personalized um, guidance. And she's personally helped me at some crucial turning points. So if you if, if there's anything out there that could help, why not give it a, a shot? And in what she's doing and, and astrologers in general are doing is they're looking at, you know, where the planets were when you were born and that that does shape your personality. And so maybe your for, your astrological forecast doesn't always like match up. That would be um, I think of astrology as like the weather. That's mm -hmm. how I think of it. Like yeah. I said I'm going to the Bahamas, it's pouring rain right now. Mm -hmm. That will change my fate a little bit but maybe mm -hmm. not my or maybe I don't know maybe it change my destiny but yeah. um, so it's it's the weather and you get to make conscious choices given that yeah. knowledge so now that I know it's pouring rain I'm gonna bring some books whereas mm -hmm. before I probably wouldn't have even bothered having yeah. to wait in my suitcase right mm -hmm. so if you know that you're with somebody who has this part this certain personality and you know you have this certain personality and then everything that's going on on the planets right now has you like going these different ways you know um, that can give you a really powerful insight as to whether that relationship is meant to be a short term or a long term or it's supposed to be um, um, like a, a business collaboration or you're supposed to be a catalyst for growth like astrology can point you in those directions and in I'm very intuitive and when I meet with my clients I can usually very quickly like pick up on themes and be able to know what's really going on um, beyond all the surface layers and what I love about astrology is when I look at their chart and I look at um, their their unique profile it validates my intuition every mm. time yeah yeah and so there's something there yeah absolutely and I mean, if it can help, why not? So, what about, say I, I meet somebody, and she is really into astrology, mm -hmm. right? And she says, okay, Victor, you're a nice guy, but you're boring, you're a Capricorn, <laughs> and this and that. We're just not Have going to work. Have you heard this before? <laughs> <laughs> it's what if. <laughs> so, okay. what if this happens? Hypothetical and, situation. And then it just, so they don't even give it a shot because uh -huh. of what? Yeah, 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 you know, so, I hear what you're saying. Um, mm -hmm. And again, as opposed to, it's kind of like you're going to the Bahamas right now. Mm -hmm. You know it's going to rain. You're still mm -hmm. going to give it a shot, though. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're going to um, basically yield to what is happening that's yeah. greater than you. Mm -hmm. um, is that the best way to approach relationships now, I guess? Or one of ways to approach relationships uh, is to just yield to I think so. I mean, if you don't want to be alone the rest of your life, you know, you can't just, mm -hmm. like, wait for ultimate perfection yeah. and you have to understand too like you could look at somebody's chart and say oh yeah they look boring or whatever at first mm -hmm. or there's something in there that you <laughs> don't do they like say Capricorns are boring they're not boring because you're you're workaholics <laughs> yeah but <laughs> I'm a DJ too 
Yeah, well, that's see your rising sign and your moon sign. So uh, maybe they don't. They just they have to know all of it. That's okay. why you can't just go by sun sign. But I've heard that before. They're like, oh, Capricorn, you're boring. I'm yeah. Like, no. No, it's no. You're hardworking okay. and yeah. True. Yeah. 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 I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, be open to what that that experience is supposed to have. Yeah, I thought about it for a minute. Like, I wonder if I should cancel my trip. Can I cancel my trip? And then I was like, I'm. There's a reason why I booked that trip, right. and I'm going there to experience whatever I'm supposed to experience. Maybe it's not what I thought mm-hmm. I was looking for, or what I thought that I was going to experience, but part of that is my personality, too. I'm very open-minded, and I'm, I trust the process, and I trust that whatever's supposed to happen is going to flow through me, and I'm just supposed to pay attention is all. Awesome. So with that, though, mm-hmm. you also are drawn to islands, to water, I yeah. should say, right? So moon and cancer. Moon and cancer. See, so there you go again. <laughs> So I found, as a Capricorn, mm-hmm. without knowing it, yeah. Tauruses uh-huh. and Virgos. I tend to have Earth the signs. easiest relationships with them. And then I come yeah. to find out, and they're like, oh, you're a Taurus, or you're, oh, you're mm-hmm. a Virgo. I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Consciously, I didn't know the language. I didn't know, you know, Taurus, yeah. Virgo. Um, so with that, you're attracted to water, right? Mm-hmm. And being there. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Bahama, you know that's going to be a good fit for you. And then and within that, and, and you've already been there, right? And it time. may rain and it yeah. may do, but you just adjust to that. Yeah. So as you're saying that, I remember I was talking to somebody the other day, because um, this is Virgo season right now, you know? So, uh, right? Uh, uh, what's the date? We're, I think we might have, I think so, but like any day now we're flipping over into Libra. Okay. Yeah, so, we're right on the cusp now. Okay, so for the past couple weeks... I'm not intentionally, but I want to know who the Virgos are, <laughs> you know, so anytime Facebook says like, oh, happy birthday, so-and-so, I'm like, okay, that's Virgo, that's Virgo, yeah. that's Virgo, yeah. we probably can get along, that yeah. doesn't look for a wife or whatever, I'm just, yeah. I want to know who I can buy with yeah. really well, yeah. um, <laughs> however, with that, that person may come with some torrential downpour at times, right, Yeah. and so those are those hard times of struggles, but just mm-hmm. yielding because you know that you're probably a much better fit here mm-hmm. than somewhere else, but even with that, like my concern is, is that compromising? You know, because or is that because I'm just at a place now where I don't want to I don't want to sacrifice anything, to be mm-hmm. honest. Well, like, that's where everybody is right now. That's <laughs> why really everybody's don't. single. That's why nobody's in a relationship right now. Nobody wants a compromise. But okay. OK, we can explain this through astrology, too. Uh-huh. So Uranus was in Aries. I think it started like in 2010 or 2011. Um, so think about what you were doing uh, back then. And think about how the world has changed, mm-hmm. how you've changed, and how the world's changed since that time. Can you think so of uh, just a couple was, themes? Was 9-11 was around that time, 2011, wasn't it? No, or 2001. No? Oh, 2001. Oh, my gosh. 2010, oh, 2011. Okay, no, yeah, I was pastoring at that time. So yeah, my, you, my son was babies. just born. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. How different your life is now. Oh, what, it's completely different. What would you say have been some of the, is there a couple themes about how your life has changed in that in what sense like what type of themes and just anything just anything that pops um, up I guess the biggest thing for me um, like my community has changed Mm -hmm. Um, my world view the lenses in which I view Mm -hmm. the world has completely changed Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but but the whole reason that you started this podcast is you're you're honoring yourself you're being authentic to yourself Mm -hmm. and you're wanting to encourage other people to do the same and you're doing it through your platform which is your name and all of this Uranus was in Aries which um, Aries is the first sign it's the me me more of like the self selfish sign of the zodiac Mm -hmm. 
I can say that because I have Venus and Aries and I'm on the Aries cusp, but I'm not talking bad about any Aries. Um, but it's, all of us have been focusing more on us, uh -huh. like rather than compromising. And so we saw social media just explode. So now everybody has their own little corner of the internet. Uh -huh. Whereas before, if you really want to have an internet presence, you might have a website. Uh -huh. But now we've got Instagram, Facebook, like I mean, any number of things, um, dating apps, there's so many different places where we can create our persona and our brand, even if it's not a, a business, just our personal. So that was um, Uranus. Uranus like creates transformation. So it's an yeah. Aries. Um, a while back, I want to say last year, because it goes into the next sign, into Taurus, and then it pops back again for six months and then it goes in again. Now it's in Taurus, which is more partnership, more we. And, but we're, 2020? Well, no, it's we're already there. We're already, we're already there. We're already Uranus and Taurus, but we're still trying to figure it out. Like we're like it's clunky. It's like mm -hmm. we're we're kind of like like you're saying. I think you said something about like um, you're you have peace, but you're worried about maybe at some point you'll need a relationship. I just said something like mm -hmm. this the other day. Like I'm I'm really gotten used to like uh, spreading out in my bed and mm -hmm. like having this nice bed to sleep in and not being woken up early by yeah. my you know husband at the time who would pop up out of bed and be playing his music or whatever <laughs> and then I would wait for him to go to work and then I would go back to sleep for another couple hours I don't have to do that anymore it's really nice but I'm afraid of getting too used to, to that, that right? so that when somebody comes back into my life yes. again then I don't want to share my bed exactly you know and so I think that's what we're all trying to figure out right now is like I think I might want to share my bed again yeah. someday soon maybe not right now but like if I were how what would that look like like how am I supposed to do this and so but nobody's like really willing to share the bed yet yeah, yeah right. that's what we're all <laughs> going through I think on the collective level or some people uh -huh. are there's some early paradigm shifters yeah. you know there's some people that have gone that way and and um, obviously there's people that are um, getting married still and course, been in yeah. relationship or whatever but I'll say even a lot of the folks that I've been working with in relationship um, both men and women are realizing that their relationship is transforming too. Whether they choose to end it or stay in it, 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 it can't stay the same. Yeah. It's transforming. So there's couples doing the work now mm -hmm. to, to create a different relationship without yeah. ending their relationship, awesome. which is beautiful. More on that on our next episode. We're going to check this one right now. But <laughs> Natasha, seriously, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to do part two in a little bit, so hopefully you guys will join us. And uh, where can they find more information about you? Oh, um, uh, my website, natashaedwina.com. Uh, it's spelled E-D-W-I-N-A, or Instagram, Natasha Edwina. Facebook, uh, I have a Facebook page, Oasis of Awareness. Um, that's about it right now. All right, you guys. Thank you, guys, and see you at the next episode. <laughs>